Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is December 23rd. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! I'm watching my beloved Bears. I just can't wait for this fucking season to be over. <laughs> You're telling me. Tough day for the Browns, too. Huh? Oh, the Browns are a disgrace. <laughs> we, have, we haven't brought them up recently. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens is a complete joke of a coach embarrassment we were hanging in there doing fine winning the whole first half he's trying to get cute the ravens scored two touchdowns we had the ball at the two minute warning and the ravens scored two touchdowns it's just he tried to do some reverse we have the best running back in the league it's third and one he you tried to do the best running back in the league christian, christian mccaffrey exists all right, whatever. Sure. And we do some like reverse pass that loses like seven yards on third and one and whatever. Lamar Jackson threw three touchdown passes around three Baker Mayfield incompletions, basically, is what happened. It was just whatever. That, that's how we, that, that's the Ravens are a much better team, but the Browns I are I guess complete you had a, a really similar experience to what I'm dealing with tonight because you watched Lamar Jackson, who you guys picked Baker Mayfield, obviously over, and I'm watching Patrick Mahomes, who who we picked uh, Mitch over tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's that bad, but My, yeah, a lot of teams. My, pass ours is ball. ours is way worse. I mean, it's but it's sad. We, tra- that we traded we traded up to get Mitch. Yeah, it's <laughs> dire. Three to two. I'm watching Josh Allen on Saturday. Like he was taking out. I was like. I didn't think we'd be here at this point where I'm doubting. Anyways, Freddie Kitchens, complete bozo, needs to go. If they bring him back, I'll know that I don't even need to invest a minute next year. It's not going to end well. So, all right, let's get to it. <clears throat> we got enough year interview stuff coming. Um, results from this weekend, the big one really is Adam Scott wins the Australian PGA uh, in Australia. That's where that happens to be. Um, he it's been a while since he won i mean i think it was good kind of you could tell it meant a lot to him not just winning his home country but just you know winning is winning it doesn't matter if it's the uh, you uh, you know the pga tour or you know late december in australia um you know he had several close calls this week so big win for scotty yeah i wonder what he was tinkering around with on the first on the putting green you know was he did he try a new putting putting method on the in the final round or 
Maybe a Tony Romo hockey style. What's the you know the other hand like halfway down the <laughs> I shaft? I forgot about that. Good pull oh, it, there. <laughs> it's in my year in review research. It came up. So, um, but yeah, that's the big result from the week. Other things. Uh, Fred Couples disclosed, I think on a radio interview, <clears throat> that Tiger didn't play Saturday. I mean, the plan was for Tiger to play Saturday afternoon last week, and he said he couldn't go. So that was a late audible. Uh, he's like, my body's just not going to let me go. I'm not going to be able to go. You know, there was all that. And, you know, the vice captains freaked out on the comm system or whatever it was. And he's like, no, it's not happening. Um, I don't know that this matters much anymore. You know, the President's Cup's long and gone. But you just wonder, like, how many things are going to have to fall right for Tiger to play four straight days of of really high quality golf at a major championship. I, it seems like he's playing the, he might be like the best player in the world again after what you watched at Zozo and what we watched at Melbourne. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. Is he going to be able to do it four straight days? I think he needs to just play like the week. He needs to not play a lot of stuff. And I know right. that because he's tiger that he has to play that that's the problem is he's like forced to play a bunch of shit tournaments that don't matter because he's right. tiger. Right. Right. Um, we'll, we'll hit on the year in review a little bit, just kind of skipping Wells Fargo last year, play Memorial, which, you know, he probably didn't even need to do that, but that's a different song and dance. He's got to do with Jack. Um, so yeah, he's got to play Paul, uh, API. He's got to play Memorial. I don't know that he does, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so again, that's it. Nothing, nothing really on Tiger. I don't I, think I Arnold was... Palmer Studios would take that too lightly. What's Arnold Palmer Studios? Is that Golf Channel? Yeah. I've never heard that. One. Oh, Studio AP. Yeah, Studio right. AP. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Okay. Now I'm getting following. <laughs> um, all right. Then other bit of news from the weekend. Twelve. It looks like twelve players are officially punching their ticket to the masters. We have our top 50 for the final 20 for final one of the year in these 12 are adding their names to the field at Augusta. Ben on Rafa Cabrera Bayo Fitzy. So, you know, the caravans already, you know, purchase your bus tickets for Chicago. I'm actually carpool- a- I got a text. I'm carpooling down with some <laughs> Chicago Northwestern alums. <laughs> Fitzy gets in. Hadwin Hatton, so he'll be over there, you know, imploding, uh, cursing at the undulations as his ball rolls off the front of the green. Can, can we talk uh, about something real quick? Sure. I'm looking at the top 50 in the world rankings. Yeah. Jazz Janawananan, number 40. Well, I'm getting there. Okay. 41, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. 42, Ben On. 43, Ian Poulter. 44, Jordan Spieth. 45, Victor Perez. Well, is this another just occasion to bury Jordan Spieth? What are you doing? What are you reading off here? Just, (laughs) you know, he's got company, though. Bubba is 46. You know who's that? You know, Brendan Todd, Sean Martin texted us tonight. To let us know that Brendan Todd is now ranked ahead of Phil Mickelson. I mean, I saw it coming all year. 2019, <laughs> by the end of the year, the OWGR, Brendan Todd will be ahead of Phil Mickelson. I don't know why. 
that's a notable thing, but apparently my I'll tell you what. what my my big prediction is another Englishman's barreling down on speed in the WGR. Westy? Yeah. Oh god. Fifty nine. Uh, he's not far away. He's he's within shouting distance. So let me finish these names. Hatton, Horschel, Shugo, back in. Uh Jazzy J, who just said ahead of speed, Perez, Andrew Putnam. Eric Van Royen, who Vern, what did Vern call them? Like Ernie Van Royen, the PGA. Yes, they had a really, they had a really rough go of it with, uh, with names. Uh, I think it was Ernie or something. It was not Eric. Eric Van Royen, and Bern Wiesberger. So we'll get a full week of that. The cheeseburger didn't get in because of, uh like his performance this year he won like three times on the euro tour that doesn't get you an exemption but i'm saying he had to wait he had to be because he he was the best player on the european tour for 90 percent of the year and that doesn't get him in shackleford shackleford had a good take that best player by what by what measure race to device standings what are you talking about he won like three times i know he was great he was great you're right well what's the shackleford take you just that they they need to revisit they shouldn't be giving away spots for guys who win the deer who guys no offense to the deer no offense (laughs) guys who win valero like those guys shouldn't get spots rolex series wins should get spots over those <coughs> Makes sense. So the cheeseburger. Like, do you think? Do you think somebody deserves one for winning the Sanderson this year? Whoever did win the Sanderson, who was? Who it? won the Sanderson? Lanto. No, wasn't him. God, it's killing me. Who was it? Either way, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, let's let's get to the year in review. Let's make yeah. All right, let's get to an ad read. In uh, anyways, twelve more names in the field, all international guys. All right, ad read. Yeah, let's do. Are it. you are you stocked up for Christmas? It's now the twenty third. Mitch drove me to Drake, so I'm already going. Oh shit! Are you serious? Well, yeah. What I mean, I'm part part four. Part I, I watched. I watched. I had to watch freaking Mahomes and and Mitch play tonight. Is that at Soldier Field? Where is that? Yeah, it's oh, at Soldier okay. Field. So I, I, you know, seventeen zero at half. I, I had to just, I had to get a drink before we started. What'd was, you have? I put a, I, I put a little uh, Silver Cross Journeyman Silver Cross whiskey with a is little that, uh, ginger beer. Is well, that is Silver Cross the one that they give back to youth golf initiatives? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was, that was my pick. That was my pick for a reason. Yeah, so they give they give uh, they donate proceeds for uh, to youth golf, but delicious little you know if you're not in the mood to get you know really serious with like a uh, you know say just straight bourbon straight what's whiskey. really serious a euphemism for you know something what being on the floor what is that well I I sometimes I like just drinking bourbon straight sure you sure, know but yeah. When I'm in the mood for a little bit lighter, a little airier drink, I really like going whiskey with ginger beer. You know, throw in a little mint. You can make a little Kentucky mule, you know. But this one's a Michigan mule. Wow. Michigan mule. Yeah, it's distilled in in Three Oaks, Michigan. Sure, that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, journeymen's come in again around the holidays. 
You got, I'm running around all day, Monday, the 23rd, picking up provisions, rations, you know, all sorts of food, the brisket, or I'm sorry, the tenderloin and, uh, stop will be my, uh, bottle shop up the street for some journeyman cider. Got my folks coming into town. Going to warm that up in the pot. Should be a real crowd pleaser. Uh, maybe do maybe a bourbon or whiskey, but you know, as a father of four, like by Christmas night, you just, I mean, you want horse tranquilizers or something, you know, after you get through all the wrapping, the assembly, all that stuff. So this, this will be a good, good medicine Christmas day. Uh, so yeah, journeyman coming in to support us again around the holidays, go stock up again. Our landing page is journeyman distillery.com slash shotgun start. There you will see uh, the spirit finder. So you can locate if, they distribute in your state and whereabouts, how close to you, your location, your address. You can join. Uh, it's, their... a, it's, not, it's not a mailing list. It's an entry form to get your free. Well, Do I keep calling it yes. mailing list? It's your entry form to get your free <laughs> pass to Welter's Folly. They're like massive putting course. That's, That's awesome. Sweet. And it's an entry into this super awesome thing we're going to do. That, Which you still can't disclose. Yeah, any, we can't disclose any details yet. <laughs> Wait, entry. What? What are you saying? So you get the opportunity to get. Um, yeah, you 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 can win. You're gonna win. You have the opportunity to win something really really awesome. I, that's all I can disclose at this time. <laughs> I feel like we should be. We're yeah, building yeah. hype. Okay. All right. Last, could be, this could be a total bait and switch operation. I feel like what we're doing might be like it could be of, the fire festival of, of golf. <laughs> we can't just leave these people in the dark forever. Maybe they just all right. Um, so, anyways, journeyman distillery. We're gonna have a cool thing coming up. With if them, if the, it's the, the fire festival, again. at least we'll have a lot of bourbon. We'll have a lot of alcohol yeah. if it's the fire fest of golf. <laughs> All right, so yeah, sign up there. You get a free pass for Welter's Folly and a potential to win a pretty cool thing coming up. Uh, stock up for the holidays. Now, let's get to uh, your interview part. Is this three we're on now? Part three. Yeah. We're going to record part four. Right after Right this. after this. <laughs> Man, my wife. I thought you were on paternity leave, Brendan. I'm like, oh, your interview. If we were smart, we would have banked all these in October, but we're not smart. So no, we're part both three procrastinators. Part three runs from uh, Valspar, post players, post first major, and through and including the Masters. Obviously, we went a little longer on the Masters as it was uh, one of a kind. So enjoy part three. We will be back with part four. We're, we're debating. We may release it Christmas morning. Is that right? We'll stay on our Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. Poss or possibly. We'll it depends. We'll see what happens. It's really touch and go this week. All right. Enjoy part three. Now, shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here.
we ready to go to the Valspar? All right, let's pick it back up. Yeah, continuing on our interminable year in review. But it's getting good reviews. I'm glad we're going to keep it up. It's going to be, you know, might be the Valspar Championship by the time this year in review is done. So uh, let's let's kick it off with the Valspar Championship, the Innisbrook, Innisbrook Resort Copperhead Course over in Tampa. Just, you know, snake motifs, snakes everywhere. Uh, one of our favorite, favorite events this year was, however, you know, we talked about the Honda on the last one or one of them, one of whatever, they got, one of these parts. They got snake bitten. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's not going to happen. You, like you said, you go elevated status, WGC, Honda, elevated status, the players. That's five weeks. I mean, it's just Valspar is going to take a hit, but they did get Dustin Johnson this year. So a little bit of a boost. He loved the course too. Did he? Yeah. There were some comments about it. How much he loved the course. I missed that part. But uh, on Monday of that week, Matt Wolf won the Valspar Collegiate event. Oh. It's just like uncanny moment. Somehow Ricky Fowler was there to celebrate and greet him as he came off the green to win it. I don't know why or how we ended up in Tampa coming from from Jackson, uh, coming from the players, but everyone was just like, of course, the, the, the effort, just the synergy it takes Ricky to, to be there, to congratulate friends, family members, alma mater, you know, fellows, just was unbelievable. So Valspar Collegiate, Ricky's there to congratulate him. Um, this was Akshay's Batia's PGA Tour debut. Missed the cut. Didn't do anything notable, but just his debut. Um, big news this week. <laughs> David Ledbetter, who some call people call Lead Poison. That's not my creation. I'm not disparaging him in any way, shape, or form at this point, at least. But they call him Lead Poison shows up at the behest of Justine Reed to work this with Patrick a, Reed. This is huge news. I Will Gray had the tweet. He just, Will sold it well, too. He goes, spoke to David Ledbert, Ledbetter, said he came in to look at Reed's swing after a call yesterday from, and Will does the dramatic pause, dot, 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 Justine. So uh, just love to see Justine kind of with their, with their hands on the controls, as usual. Meddling. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Lead poison. So, I mean, but I don't when, know how long it lasted. The putter, when did the putter thing happen with, like, the golf galaxy? Detroit. Detroit. I think I was club champion or one of those uh, golf tech. Uh, that was Detroit. That Justine called in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fit Patrick up for a putter. But, I mean, Reed is horrible right now. He's he emceed after the uh, in the Valspar. Um he hadn't had a top 10 on the PGA Tour since the U.S. Open at Shinnecock. You know, we're talking, this is the end of March. That's yeah, they, he was like a 52 seed at the match play or something like right. that. Right. He'd fallen off a cliff. And, you know, he just had his coach caddy for him after his, his brother-in-law punched a fan in Australia. So he's back with his old coach. Uh, what is it? Kevin Kirk, I want to say. Um, but so This will come better. up in the match play. But, you know, Justine definitely made sure to distinguish that. He wasn't getting fired. Oh, okay, good. So the Ledbetter experiment comes and goes. That was a big thing of Valspar week. Um, Robert Garrigus got suspended this week for dope, smoking dope. 
battling those inner demons. Littering and littering and <laughs> littering and smoking the reefer. <laughs> so uh, that's important, you know, cheating in the sand of the Bahamas, two strokes, smoking reefer. See ya. Three, what do you get? Three weeks, three months or something? Three months, like yeah. Something. Uh, at this event, <laughs> the boy from Bob. I will say, from what I understand about the marijuana testing on tour, is it's very, very lax. Like the well, amount, man. the amount that needs to be in your system is like you have to be chronically smoking marijuana. Uh, like you need to wake really? up. You you need to be <laughs> lighting up like all day long, every day. <laughs> I didn't know get, about this. Yes, so the the threshold for testing of marijuana is is extraordinarily <laughs> high. I think I said that right, but yeah, oh. where like in order to get caught, like you need to you need to be smoking a, a lot of dope. <laughs> okay, all right, um, <laughs> that's good. Here, the PGA Tour live broadcast team adopted and used the name "The Boy from Bratislava." Oh, this is when. The nickname started to make inroads and in the wider popular culture started to culture. go mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, what else? Uh, this was a quiet event. Did Paul Casey won it. Paul Casey won it. He, <clears throat> he shot, I think he shot a, this is per Justin Ray. He shot a 70. He was, I don't know. He shot over par. So he was the second player to win on the PGA tour this year. This is Justin Ray. Despite posting a final round score over par, joining Ricky Fowler, who shot the 74 at the aforementioned Waste Management Phoenix Open. I got to say, those are two guys. Those are the two poster boys who just kind of stumble into wins shooting over par on Sunday, right? You don't hear much about those guys starting late on a Sunday and then like posting a 65. Well, the year, the year before he won and he teed off like two hours like, before yes, the leaders yes. and just shot like a crazy round. Paul Casey, notorious kind of, I don't know, Sunday fader, uh, although always close. Yeah, um, it's a, I think that the Sunday faders are guys who hit it really well and don't putt well, are notorious Sunday faders. Like, if you go down the list, that is, like, a key characteristic. Because they just, mm -hmm. when, it, when it gets a little tight, the putts stop going in, and they're usually putting abnormally well when they're leading, you know? Yep. But yep. it's like Paul Casey, Adam Scott um gary woodland would be another example all the guys that you don't say oh they don't win as much as they should are Just generally all... not good putters sure sergio yeah so this week also furick you know we talked about him at the players really he was right back in it really pushing almost for a master spot trying to get i think it was a top 50 threshold does that make sense was he that high i'm not sure either way he was playing for a master spot Furick was involved. Donald putting and his work around the green were like on point as usual. All, Luke Donald always plays well here. Just kind of a different kind of test. Really. Louis? I think, I think eight under. I'm getting there. Eight under won it, I believe. So a tougher test. Um, Louis Usti. Louis Ustazen. Another guy. Doesn't putt very well. Hits doesn't. it very well. It was Finishes his eighth, second. eighth career runner up at the time on the PGA Tour. Uh, he shot two under. This is also Justin Ray. He's only the player in the last decade to shoot two under it or better at Innisbrook while hitting six or fewer greens. So didn't didn't play particularly well on the final round, but scratched together two under round, even if he wasn't hitting it that good. Um, we we joked that at this point 
gets a bucket of Wyndham Rewards points, but he turns down the FedEx Cup points on principle <laughs> when he gets close. When he he just takes the Wyndham points, uh, which they're the same thing. Can, they're just could labeled, you opt, labeled with think, a different brand. Do you think you could opt out of one of the one of the championships as a card member? You know, as a member of the organization, <laughs> I, I I'm okay. I'm not going to play this one, but I'm going to play this one. <laughs> I don't want the FedEx, just Wyndham points. Um, what else do we have? Jason Kokrak was pushing the what really the biggest pusher. DJ didn't make a single birdie in the final round. He was the odds-on favorite to win it. Didn't make a birdie in the final round. Kokrak <clears throat> then came the closest really down the stretch to Casey. Um, he made 196 starts without a win. So just always playing. Yeah, he's gonna be he might be a Mr. 300 guy. So <clears throat> <laughs> this is, I think, a, a Will Gray article, I believe. The weight of 196 starts without a victory finally caused Kokrak to buckle on the 76th hole, 72nd hole in Tampa. He blew his drive right, left his approach short and right of the green, mishit a straightforward pitch, and then yanked an eight-footer that could have gotten him into a playoff. He really had to try to miss the playoff. I just can't break through, he said. It's kind so. of sad. Elsewhere uh, this week, this was where Scott Hend deliberately yes. punched a shot off the back of the grandstands at the Maybank. You were irate about this. Uh, I don't know if I was irate. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that he's deliberately doing it. You know, I more thought it was of, a fantastic uh, creative shot. So just totally in jail, right? He's right of the green. They've got these big yellow back grandstands there. And... You know, his best play, the sound it made, just like, boom, like just this loud bang, uh, punch shot right up the backboard and wins the Maybank. Is it? Yeah, it's Maybank. Uh, also over at the Maybank, is it Ernie Els recorded oh, yeah, his one, right? Three, yeah, he was playing well, almost one, and it recorded his 300th official top 10 finish, uh, worldwide finish. Since the inception, I think this is also a Justin Ray Nugget. Since the inception of the official world golf ranking in 1986, Ernie became the only player to reach that 300th official top 10 worldwide. That's all I got this week. Valspar was a little quiet. Most big thing was Ledbetter getting the call from Justine. Uh, Scott Hen deliberately backboarding to win. He got so fired up about Scott Hen. I was very angry. I said he should be kind of ostracized from the game, completely ostracized from the game. I thought it was a very creative shot. I thought that that can also be true as well. Can also, you know what else was creative? Patrick Reed shoveling some sand, trying to do it surreptitiously. That was creative move. Oh, what's, what's this? Oh, my club just brushed the sand. There can be creativity and there can also be. Things that aren't in the spirit of the game. Anyways. The Valspar. My, here's, again, my issue. You're playing that Maybank course, wherever it is in Malaysia, and you're in those trees. You don't have that option. Why are we giving the best for the guys that are plus, plus eight or whatever he is the, the, this extra help? Why are we giving him this? That's all. And it worked out. It bounced onto the green, right back on the green, and he... Won the tournament. Okay. I, I, I don't think he necessarily, you know, 
I think the problem was you can't get mad at him for for hitting the shot. You got to get mad at the tournament organizers. Well, I, yeah, right. I think okay. you, your your anger was directed towards him. <laughs> All right. He just Let's was he was making the best of a bad situation. All right. Very resourceful. All right. Let's do you think get off Bryson this. would have figured out to do that? Bryson's tried to do it. He tries to do it all the time. No tried one was better than Cam way. Champ. Where did he do that? At Detroit when he hit it over it. Oh, yeah. That slugger gave him the relief or whatever it was. The... Well, that was also Bryson at Bryson, Safeway. Yeah. Maximum <laughs> relief. Bryson it over. Got Maybe I was thinking about that. And then there's that par four in Austin where the announcers are like, I think Rory's going to try to play this one off the grandstand, you know, where they hit it over the water. The, par three, the short par four, yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect segue in. All right. You know Tiger made, yeah. made, a, made an eagle on that hole this year? Hold out he a did? wedge. Yeah, and a match oh, against Patrick Cantlay. That's right. Did the little mini fist bump thing. Huh? Yeah, he, he, bur- he went – he played – a four-hole stretch against Cantley, uh, five under to win that match. That was big because he lost his first match to uh, Snedeker, but he did hit that great left hand. Do you remember the left-handed um, yes. chip shot from his knees yes. in like, the bushes? Uh, in the bushes against the grandstand. I do remember that. That was a great shot. Great shot by Tiger. I'm surprised he didn't try and pull a DJ and get relief from the grandstand. He was close enough. <laughs> Could have pulled something off. The match play was a very eventful week on there, tour. There was a lot of stuff going on. There always is a lot of stuff going on, though. I think it's buried up against the Masters, and it kind of is, you know. But the, everyone goes and plays. It's just how the hard match it? play. I think is like one of the best tournaments on the calendar. You don't like the pool play, though, right? I hate the format, but it's still yeah. great because it's match play, and you get you get these kerfuffles. You know, <laughs> you sure do. Um, so this year we had a legendary one, but we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, Kisner beats the recently, you know, abstained Kucher. Kucher finally gets rid of the L2 can, uh, drama. I don't know about this that. Year. Well, he's finally, it's finally I mean, he paid out, paid and, out and he's, yeah. he's out of the, what's going on with this? He'll never get thing. rid of it, but yes, yeah. <laughs> so, Bamberger report, not only has he been paid, uh, Ortiz and Kucher met in a clubhouse dining room in late February when the tour went to Mexico City for the WGC event. Over a 40-minute glass of morning orange juice on February 23rd, the Saturday of the tournament, each apologized to the other. Ortiz said in a recent phone interview through an interpreter, Matt, Hey, David, how are you? Uh, I apologize for the difficulty of the situation created. I told him I was, it was never my intention to embarrass him, but I eventually ha- had to tell the truth. Matt also offered an apology. He said it was all a misunderstanding. How did that go 40 minutes? Cooch is like the most awkward human being ever. But then you have the awkwardness of the situation. I'm just Over trying... orange juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what they, what happened there for 40 minutes. That sounds rough. Okay. So Kuchar tried to humanize himself. He asked, oh. he asked uh, El Tucan how his family was, and then he showed him a picture of his family and a video of a whole one 
by one of his sons. There you go. There you go. So they're or, they over golf despite their economic plights differences. Ortiz said there were four people at the breakfast table: himself, Kucher, um, Steiny, including and and I'm guessing Steiny was one, but the other one was a sports psychologist who is quote unquote who is very close to Matt. So what was this like a session? Was he like observing his behavior and contrition or <laughs> who knows what was happening? Okay. I, I don't All know. Right. I just thought it was an interesting tidbit. Yeah, that is interesting. So Kucher gets done with this. He makes it to the finals this week, but that this is just the start of another big drama. Oh yeah. For Kuch. So Kisner beats him three and two. I, I think we called this Schrodinger's concession, right? Yeah. Did he concede? Did he... Yeah. Um, and, uh, Kisner, he got into the playoffs by one of my, uh, like the round of 16 by one of my pet peeves of the whole event. Uh, I'm trying to think what happened. What happened with that? So him and Poulter tied in pool play, but Poulter beat Kisner in their 18 hole match. Oh, really? Yes. Which I think is the most ridiculous thing in the world. So what do they go to? Like a one-hole playoff? Or you know what, what happens they... in the NFL when when two teams yeah, tie the head for to head? Yeah, the head, head to head, head is, is the number one tiebreaker. What do they do? A, a playoff? A playoff because they uh. need to create artificial fucking drama. <laughs> we need to make this more interesting than it really is, and by doing so, we're going to tarnish our championship. <laughs> All right. So so Kisner won and then went on to steamroll the field. But all right, let's get into the the Kucher Sergio um concession. Yeah. So it was the quarterfinals of the WGC match play. Okay. Sergio had a short putt to win the hole. He missed it and then he quickly like backhanded the tap in, which slipped out. <clears throat> right. Right. And so he lost the hole. If Kucher didn't have time to say that's good. Yep. Yep. Kucher did Kucher turned and kind of, or he was just kind of like pretty far away, right? He, he was, was like, like off of the the, just off. The, he was like, yeah. He was not that far away. He was close okay. enough. But he didn't really have time to concede it. He had time to concede it. Oh, he did have time to concede it. He definitely had time to concede it. I mean, like Sergio got up. He had time to concede it. Before the putt, before it ever happened, and right after he had time to concede it. He had plenty of time to concede the putt. He did? Well, yeah. He, he went and did the backhand thing. Yeah, and, and... he did, but he had time, and he had okay. time right after that happened. And none of this would have happened if Kucher did what 95% of humans would have done and been like, oh, that that was good. Okay. Okay. But, he, but he didn't say that was good. Oh, that's right. He like went to the right. He's like, I think uh, we got a problem here. Yeah. He tries to play the innocent guy. Innocent, but not too innocent. You know, innocent, but only so far. So he didn't concede. And they go to the next hole, and Sergio is fuming. He asked Kucher that he should. He said to Kucher, you this should concede ridiculous. this hole. This to make ridiculous. up for the last one. Sergio needed to chill out. Remember Sergio's doing hook him horns when he hit a good shot? Yeah. He would do All of Austin stuff. was behind him. 
You got you were really fired up because Spieth got knocked out. He was in the horse thing. Headlines that Austin was behind Garcia now that Spieth was out of it. Big text. There you go. Sergio doing hook him. Yeah, this is ridiculous. He wants him to concede the next hole. Make it even. Make it right. So Kucher says afterwards, he goes, I thought about it. And I I said, I don't like that idea either. He said, typically there's an acknowledgement. He added of a conceded putt. I understand how the concession needs to be vocal, and I try to do a really good job. I hate it when guys sort of mumble something. I always try and be very clear, very vocal. This is one where I was on the back of the green. It happened so fast. I knew I hadn't conceded it, but it was never a tactic or anything. So, like, for, like, three holes, Sergio's just walking down the fairway yelling at him. He's, like, incessant. He's like gesticulating about. He's very angry, visibly angry. Uh, Bones, I think, is involved. It's like he's really hot right now. I think if I recall correctly, Bones is saying the caddies are really hot at each other. Uh, Sergio is really hot. This is why we need more match play. This and last week, it just breaks a little rivalry. There's a little, you know, these guys aren't best friends anymore. Right. I love it. Well, they were on Monday, but but it, it was also the synergy of like the, like the two biggest assholes of the year to that <laughs> point. The guy who's destroying greens, the other guy who was at the cheapskate gate. And just you know, it was just that whole thing coming together in it's, another controversy. I mean, it was so great that this happened right after Kucher is finally like publicly right. clear. <laughs> right. Like right. of the of the the ling- the overhanging drama that this immediately gets piled on right again right right it's being stingy with his concessions so. so afterwards sergio was was very you know he wasn't he he was saying he made the mistake he goes it's quite simple i screwed it up it, it's right. as simple as that obviously i missed my putt and i kind of tapped it back with the back of the putter before he said anything it's a loss of the whole i i understand that there are many options that you can do if you don't want to take the hole, even though I've already lost that hole. But obviously, he didn't like any of the options that were there. It's fine. At the end of the day, I'm the one who made the mistake. <laughs> so Kucher goes, I apologize. I said, I don't like the way this was played out. He said, <laughs> you can concede a hole. I thought about it and said, I don't like that idea either. So <laughs> so if you remember, Kucher asked a rules official to tell Sergio that it wasn't good. He got yeah. a rules official involved yeah. right after. He didn't want to, yeah. He, he didn't, didn't want to be, be the, the bad guy. Yeah, the bear of that, yeah. yeah. But he went to the rules official and said, hey, I didn't give him the putt. Because he knew the rules official would lay down the law. Yeah, what it had to the rules official, Matt Kucher can like operate within the gray area. The rules official cannot. He's yeah. like, well, I gotta, yeah, yeah, it doesn't count. Whereas Kucher could just say, ah, uh, that one was good, you know, or I gave it to you. Uh, you just didn't hear me, or things like that. That Kucher See, can get out of it. What I think happened is he went to the rules official, and then he yeah. probably was like the rules official, and he. And Kucher probably was like, I mean, I would have given it to you, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, when the rules official. Too quick. Yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> I, I'd love to give it to you. And that's probably how Sergio got to this point of being like, oh, like. Yeah. Give me the next hole. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I don't like that. I see. <laughs> All right. So that 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 drama, you know, concluded on uh, two days later when the pair took this awkward video oh. from a cart at Austin Golf Club down the street, like, saying some function, right? Some outing, you know. It was a, a true apology tour, you know. Just yeah, the ultimate yeah. apology tour for the two guys that had the most scandalous year so far, basically. That's great. I forgot about that video in the cart. So awkward. It's like, yeah, it's all good. We're fine. We're friends. Like they, here. They the quote, things are cool and we're totally friends. And no, our agents didn't make us do this video. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. So that was uh that all was right. one big What thing. else we got from Austin? We got okay. Tiger making a run. Oh yeah. Didn't Rory just kind of completely shit himself? Didn't he hit one like 390 and then like needed like six strokes? Made to get a double. In? Yeah. And then he yeah. blew off the press. That's right. That's right. So Tiger makes a run. He loses to Brant Snedeker, but then wins his next two matches to get in. Um, yeah. Snedeker kind of shit the bed. Um, he uh, he beats Rory, but then he loses to Lucas Beauregard. <laughs> Jackie Robinson. Himself, Joe Namath. Pierre <laughs> shot 32 on the back nine. He was a, up at this point like the 45th ranked player in the world. Right. To be clear. Hits it like listen, 350. This, you listen to this podcast. You had heard of him. You knew him. He's a hell of a player. This wasn't some no name coming well, out. I'm, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get right, into you, right. the thing that really set you off was Jimmy Roberts. This essay. <laughs> I transcribed it. I know. I got I'm it right? here. I, I transcribed right, it. I transcribed it myself from your reading it on the podcast. Oh, you redid it? Yeah. Oh God. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just could have just sent you the text. All right. So Birgard shot thirty-two. He made an eagle, uh, eagle sixteen, birdie seventeen, and parred eighteen. And, and Tiger missed like a five footer on eighteen. It was shocking, actually. And this is uh, this is the semis, is it? Or what is this? This was the quarterfinal. So he would have had to go play 36 the next day. Some people, oh. there were some conspiracy theories that Tiger missed on purpose. Through the match because he didn't want to do. Didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, yeah. Could have so been Rory, true. He beat Rory in the quarters? Or that the, round of 16. First, okay, okay. All right, got it. Um. You know, this is also Brandel was all pissed off about the format. He said the best players weren't getting through. I vaguely remember something like that. <laughs> he was talking about how the format needed to be different <laughs> because vaguely. it's not rewarding the best players. Yeah. So yeah. Kyle Porter tweeted something fun with numbers at WGC match play. This is just relevant because of the recency of the, uh, of, uh, the President's Cup. Ben on 7.7 strokes gained for the week. How Tong Lee minus 4.3 strokes gained. On is going home. Lee is moving on. <laughs> so this is the Jimmy Roberts essay the day after Beauregard beats him. 
So Beauregard is in the semis. He's in the semis. Okay. And the coverage comes out. I mean, they, got, they got nothing. They got 36 holes, a full day of matches. Not a lot of golf on the course. They got to fill airtime. They, they got Molinari. No this is no. who. This is who the Sunday they they could have had Tiger in there, but he lost. So yep. instead, they had Molinari, Beauregard, Kucher, and Kisner. <laughs> no Tiger and a full day of golf. So this is Jimmy Roberts. Make no mistake, it was not a. It was not the miracle on ice. But what happened <laughs> yesterday was golf seismic. It in about the same way the 1955 U.S. Open was when Ben Hogan was taken down by Jack Fleck. At the end of the day, Beauregard will be in the world's top 50. That will get him into his first Masters. He was already on, in the top 50. Yeah, yeah, I know. And on the way to the rest of golf's biggest championships. But he came here this week, a relative unknown, with many people wondering, how his name was pronounced. Now they know. Here in the United I States. Do. I don't. That's for sure. <laughs> here, I, I followed his career. Here Go in ahead. the United States, we've seen sports heroes for one act or one lifetime's actions. And, and meanwhile, being shown are Joe Namath <laughs> or Ruzioni from the Miracle on Ice, Jackie Robinson. <laughs> This might be the highlight of the year for me. <laughs> it happens a lot, and we tend to get numb. But Denmark is a country with a population dwarfed by New York City. And so what happened yesterday was as much David and Goliath as it was Lucas and Eldrick. Lucas Beauregard might have arrived in an anonymity, but he sure won't depart that way. If you're a relative, if you're relatively unknown, what better way to change that than elbowing out maybe the biggest name in all of sports as an introduction? Around here, spelling his name may always be a challenge. Remembering, <laughs> remembering what he did and who he is from this point and forward, impossible to forget. We're talking about the fucking quarterfinals. Of the WGC <laughs> match play in mid-March. Impossible. Comparing it to Hogan and Flack. Yeah, that was the best. Hogan and the U.S. Open. <laughs> that was that maybe the highlight of the year for me. I got to fill time. Jerry Roberts has got to do it. That, that seems a little excess, extreme. Maybe a little hyperbolic. And, and by the way, as we often say, if you're in that field, anybody can beat anyone. That's like, this isn't like, you know, whatever, UMBC beating UVA. It, yeah, it's like a seven ten seed beating a 10 seed. Right. Or a 10, a 10 seed beating a seven seed. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Tiger addressed the media before the tournament and made a great statement about 400cc oh, driver heads. That's right. That's right. He went at the equipment right yeah yeah um well i think that equipment has made it smaller and this was in regards to the margin and the amount of talent okay. um the margin is much smaller than it used to be look at these heads 460 cc's you hit the ball anywhere on the face and it ha and have it go 300 yards 
before it put a premium on good ball strikers to hit the middle of uh, mid, hit the ball in the middle of the face each and every time. And there was a distinction between the guys who could really do that and the guys who couldn't. And that's no longer the case. It promotes people swinging harder, teeing the ball higher, swinging harder, and hitting the ball further. And the old shot uh, of hitting just a squeezer, low heely cut and play, that's no longer the case. Guys are trying to maximize distance off the tee, trying to try and carry that number 300, 320, 330 in the air. And it's become a game that's played more up in the air than it ever used to be. Pretty much says everything that's happened to the game of golf. Also interesting to hear coming off Royal Melbourne and watching how exciting it was to not necessarily be all that in the air and and things like that. And and seeing how it only accentuated his genius and talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and, and all the detractors were like, Oh, well he's just saying that because he's old and over the hill, but what, because he's no longer the longest guy out there, but there I have, I have articles of him talking about this. When yeah. he was the best player in the world and 22 years old, he was like lambasting uh, Frank Thomas, that idiot that was running technology oversight for the USGA <laughs> that let everything happen. He, you know, might go down as one of the worst characters in golf history. <laughs> he, ba- Frank, Th- Frank Thomas yeah, was saying he nothing's happening, and Tiger's right. like, you're, you're, you're missing the whole we boat. Can't- this is gonna be fifteen parts. So I know. I we've done. You should get. Yeah, we should do more on Frank Thomas. But you're all right. right. All right. On to the next one. There's so much good stuff here. Do you know what happened this this week with the Masters? No. Masters chairman Fred Ridley enlists a retired USGA official to serve as Sergio Garcia's personal walking rules official for next week's Masters. I don't remember that at all. (laughs) Here's the quote. We have such a strong affinity for our champions and want to make sure that Sergio feels welcome both on and off the course. Wow. Ridley said in a statement, keeping in line with the vision of our founders, it is essential we make sure that Sergio has the best possible experience at the 2019 Masters. I don't remember this at all. So this was coming up. This was in because of the Saudi Arabia stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want him running around hacking up. I I don't think he would do that. Hey, I I wonder if they would withdraw his invitation. They should withdraw Patrick's invitation. It's completely at their discretion. So, all right. I I forgot that. You you were particularly disgusted about um, Nick Faldo's commentary this week. He was Talking about Tony oh, the Tiger on Saturday, and he talked about drinking milk on Sunday. You said I don't remember. you were like, I don't know how long his act can keep going. <laughs> Nick Faldo, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, not not a lot of value added in my opinion. Um, season of Championships ads start running this week. Oh my God, why? I, I Pump don't towards know. the FedEx Cup or what? <laughs> I guess. Um, and then Louie had the ultimate UPS zoom out. Oh, they really browned the <laughs> Operation Brownout, right? Yeah. Is that what they called it? Yeah. They just zoom in. He's the, oh, shit. He, he won this round of 16 match, and the logo's just prominently displayed. They, they've they got their status quo. 
player interview shot. And then then as they they start talking, the zoom just gets really close to his head. And they put a graphic right over the UPS logo. So good. It's definitely out there. Um, I think that's all I got. Okay. Adam Scott and Ricky skipped. Oh, one last thing. Westy tweeted, appears... A Kevin oh. Kevin Kisner appears to be a very good match play player. I'll tell you a course that would really have suited him, like off Nacional. <laughs> that may be accurate. That may be a Westy. Didn't Westy have an ace this week in the PGA Tour? Net, like, yeah, because he's not a member. We had some conspiracy. They didn't tweet it for like two hours. I thought it was like multiple days. Uh, I think it was like a couple hours. I think he had an ace, and the tour just kind of ignored it. So, and you were obviously irate about this. So, um, the uh, Rick and Ricky and Adam Scott skipped it. Oh, and then um, Justine tells Rosa Fort that Ledbetter is officially joining Team Reed. What do you? What even is Team Reed? Any? What even is that? But. Okay. Great. It should be called. It should change to Team uh, Carrion or Corain. Corain. Yeah. yeah. Team Corain. Was Couch Guy Brian on that team? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> Couch Guy Brian's one of the greatest guys in the history. I hope he's a listener. <laughs> uh... um, and then uh, Rosefort later has to clarify that instructor Kevin Kirk will remain part of. Patrick Reed's team and work alongside the Masters champion with David Ledbetter. Two coaches. Oh my God, that sounds tenable. Yeah, sounds like a Led- great idea. Ledbetter, meanwhile, told Golf Channel he wasn't aware of Kirk, oh, yeah. of Kirk remaining, but added, whatever makes Patrick the most comfortable. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, well, I wasn't aware of that. We're both going to do it, huh? And uh, uh, Kisner was the lowest-ranked winner of the match play since Ogilvy. Okay. Interesting. All right. Is that it? We good? Moving on? Yeah. I'm leaving All out right. a few things, but yes. I think we've, okay. we've covered it. Thoroughly. Punta Cana, opposite field. Again, we're not going to take too much time on these. Graham McDowell wins. Kind of really starts that uh, crack towards Portrush, his home course, or his home. Uh, which he didn't get into officially, I think, until he didn't he make that huge pot at the Canadian Open that officially got him in the field. I yeah, think. yeah, that got him got him the spot. But this was kind of they thought it was going to maybe push push him into like a world ranking spot where he could get in. Or surprising, surprisingly, opposite field events in, on the PGA Tour don't get you exemptions. <laughs> no, no. So cr- he beats Chris Stroud, who's just routine was. Uh, gross and never ending just just really always kind of waggling and and taking his time stroud is just a guy that rubs me the wrong way so graham graham one of the good quotes one of the guys with real perspective after a a long career uh wins in punta cana um tony romo shoots 79 79 80 to mc uh he finished ahead of eric axley David Duvall, Brendan DeYoung, and du- Troy Madison. You know, Duvall, out, Duvall outplayed Tiger the, the same year. Poor Rush. 
and Troy Madison, but they all withdrew after the first round. Riley, uh, who I think is a Dominican uh, entry. Riley finished 18 over after opening with an 85. Duvall recorded a 77 and then WD'd with a back injury. Uh, Chip McDaniel this week, T5. Oh, yeah, T5. This was Chip McDaniel season. Yeah. Omar Uresti made the cut. It's kind of an incredible thing in and of itself. There's just a lot of like Kelly Kraft was T5. It was just, we thought Sanjay, this was the year, this was the week Sanjay. DJ Trahan, top 10, son of the swing surgeon, now has his card again. Uh, we thought, we really thought this was the week Sanjay would get it done. And then he shot a 71 on Sunday. Um, what else this week? Uh, we had, uh, we had Barry Henson send us videos of the bunker at DLF. Yes. You remember this? Uh-huh. Like it's like a foam thing. He just showed it, uh, demonstrated the, the foams. I don't think it is helped. foam. I think it's like cement. Or whatever. It's like a plastic. It's like a, it's like hitting like a PVC pipe or something like that. I feel like I'll have to look at the video again. It's up there. Uh, that's all I really got for Punta Cana. That's good. I don't have much for Valero either. Valero. Valero. Is this what Joel Damon was tweeting during the round at Valero? Do you remember that? See, I don't even have that. I didn't. I. I, I think I got distracted and uh, and forgot to do some of the Valero stuff. But that's fine. He responded. I think he responded to someone on Twitter during Valero. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Um. What do you got? Valero week was Anwa week. Oh, Anwa? Uh, Augusta National That's Women. right. Yeah. Which was also going up against the ANA Inspiration. Yes. yes. An interesting sort of dilemma there. Guess but who's going to blink first on scheduling? <laughs> <laughs> I think the LPGA is going to be moving the ANA. <laughs> moving Poppy's Pond. <laughs> that was well put, Andy. Good job. Good delivery on that. Uh, uh-huh. Jennifer Cupcho wins the first ever Anwa, makes an eagle and three birdies over the last six holes to beat Maria Fossey by four. Um, it was super close until Cupcho went off. So that and, was. Wasn't she have vertigo? She's like, I couldn't see in the middle of the round. You remember that? She couldn't mm-hmm. see walking like the 11th tee. That's kind of amazing. So she showed how you should handle vertigo. <laughs> All right. Not rolling around on the ground. We're getting close to rolling around on the ground. What does that mean? So we're we're a week away from rolling around on the ground to come back. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot that for some reason. Yeah, Joel Jolie D just tweeted at someone, I just made a par asshole in the middle of his round. It's now deleted. So I don't see the original tweet, but it was someone mad about his fan fantasy golf performance. <laughs> So while he's out there at TPC, AT&T Oaks course or whatever it is, tweeting at fantasy trolls. Um, Jolie D. Great, great guy. Yeah, great. Um, what Cor- else? Corey Connors vanquishes his, his conditional status. His Monday qualifier. He Monday qualified in. That's right. So he wins. He, he earns a spot in Augusta National. But most importantly... He's no longer like number thirty in the FedEx Cup and having Without, a Monday qualify. Yeah, that's right. 
it, it was his uh it was his third top three finish in 13 events on the year <laughs> this guy's monday fucking qualifying <laughs> you got jj fucking henry mr 300 playing every every event like why do we have a fedex cup standings if the guy you know if we're, yeah we're we're halfway through the year the guy's like one of the 40 best players in your all-important standings that you can't even get into start into events. <laughs> so this week, his Monday qualifier, he qualified into the event via six-for-one playoff. Oh, okay. I vaguely remember this. He shot, so he shot 66-66 on the weekend to win. Um, Wear those boots up in Canada. Yeah. Um. Connors was the second Monday qualifier to win in the last 30 years. You know who the 54-hole leader was? At Valero? Yeah. I don't know. Kevin Streelman? No, he's a Sunday guy. I don't know. Who? Big Woo Woo. See Woo Kim. Oh, that's right. Didn't he almost ace the same hole back to yeah. that day or something like that? He blew, he another, blew another lead. Hmm. Big Streelman, speaking of Mr. Sunday, came <laughs> out, was out in full force. Shot a, sun, shot a Sunday low 64 to move into the top 10. Why did I think he? Wow. I didn't. Yeah. He would great. never be in contention on a Saturday. No, no, no. Um, Jordan Speed started the event with two 68s, went 73 72 on the weekend. And he, uh, so he finished, uh, 30th. And, uh, at that point heading into the Augusta week, he'd still not had a finish better than 30th in a wow. stroke play event for the year. Wow. We read those quotes at Sony, his return and just, yeah, never really came back. So he might've started to see Danny Willett coming at this point. <laughs> yeah. Was that my prediction he... from the beginning of last year's pod, like predictions podcast? Uh, I'm not sure. I think you just said that with regularity throughout the pod, throughout the course of doing this. All right. That's all I got. That's all, that's I, all got. I got for Valero, huh? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, don't. I got, distra- never, I got distracted never, by Augusta. Never say you're sorry on this podcast. We don't apologize. All right, should we? We're moving on to the big, uh, the big Kahuna here. Oh yeah, I think it's time. So I did like ninety minutes of research on the Masters, and like my big takeaway, this is more holistic point. This is just so fun, such a fun experience. What a great, what a great week. This is the first time I think we did ninety-five episodes. This is the first time we ever did one in person. Yeah, first time we ever kind of recorded. IRL, as they say, the Bixby House on that maybe Sunday night of that week after IRL 90 IRL or TRL in real life. Okay, um, so dumb. Leave Carson out of this. Uh, so, so it was just a great. I think that Friday night was my favorite recording, favorite podcast episode ever. I mean, we'll get into it. What happened? That was, was an just, incredible pod. Yeah. So. I don't know. It was just a really fun, obviously a privilege to be there and just a fun the, week of content, whether you were there or not. Just the Bixby great... house was, was bumping. Yeah. Maybe the, yeah, the best marketing deal in the, his, the brands ever made, but that's a, 
Bixby House will go down in in, in history. The uh, that was that was quite quite the week. This this reliving this event, there so much stuff happened. It was incredible. Yep. yep. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start? Uh, let's like do pre-tournament stuff. You want to do that? Yes. Yeah. Does that work? Okay. So you did Anwa a little bit. Uh, the, obviously this is the debut of the new fifth hole. Which what was your what was your take on the fifth hole? I thought it was good. They brought bunkers back into play. That yeah, they brought it, and like the length of the shot into the green was restored. Yep. The hill yep. was back into play. I think immediately it, became a pretty hard hole. Oh, <laughs> you know what? This isn't in my notes, but I'm pretty sure I, this is where I saw jo- uh, Speed pop one up, <laughs> like a fly I ball. Remember you talking about? Second baseman went out to shallow center and got it like that big of a pop up. Um, I think he was hitting three wood, a full three wood in. Uh, I remember that actually. Remember that? Yeah. So it was <laughs> rainy and soft, kind of earlier in the week. So it was slower, right? Yeah, it was. It was very hot and humid. So they could right? not do really anything humid. to humid. to dry it out. Umid. Um, we get the announcement of the every video of every shot that came with Fred Ridley's Wednesday press conference. Like people just start freaking out. You were, your mind was blown by this, right? You're like, this is the future. This I mean, is the way. I'm gonna rehash what I what I said. Yeah, go. And this is 100 still true that the best sports app in the world, any professional league, any sporting event, any sports app experience is run by a country club in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> like that is just an unfathomable thing for me that like the NBA, they can't touch this. The NFL doesn't have anything that touches the experience of the masters. Now, granted, they only have to do it one week out of the year. They but... have no kind of encumbrances, right? Like they yes. can tell the media partners to go pound sand. They don't have like 30 teams to coordinate on. If the player, do- if a player doesn't like it, they can say, don't, sh- don't play. Yeah. It's, it's and they can do this. They can just develop this technology or, you know, develop roll this out without any hint of it coming. They made Jay Monahan and the PGA tour look like complete schmucks this week. Why? Just the product that they rolled out compared to what we see week in, week out. The guys that do it week in, week out are supposed to be the pros. When you go to somebody hosting an event once a year, they're supposed to make all the mistakes. Like the Masters just outclasses the PGA Tour every year. They punk them. Well, that it's kind of hard to make that comparison, right? I mean, you just said like it's harder to do. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. It might be easier to do when you just have one week a year. It might be, but it also makes things a lot tougher. I mean, there are crazy stories about Augusta. They monitor. They know the exact amount of people that should be in one of their uh, uh, merchandise tents. So mm-hmm. they, they, you'll see the lines. As soon yeah. as one person exits, one comes in. Because they right. know that is the optimum amount of people to spend the most money. Like, there can't be too few or too many people in there. Or they've, they've distilled it right. down to a like, simple science. 
One story I heard was um, like the old media center, the old ones, like, you know, didn't have all the, you know, tech that this one does, a new one does. The like Wi-Fi one on the fritz, right? And it was kind of being, you know, janky. And by the very next morning, every single desk had been hardwired with the Ethernet cords the next morning. Like whatever, 300, 400, five, however many seats there were. Uh, the very ne- That night, the Wi-Fi was being, you know, kind of sketchy. And everyone came in the next morning. They had their own Ethernet cord hardwired connection. So it's it's it all overnight. Yeah, I know that they switched some sort of system in their merchandise tents, and it was like a crazy thing because they were so worried about like having like they can't test it to get that the traffic. So this is where it, on the flip side is so hard for them. Is like how can you simulate a masters? Yeah, it, it is when you try and make any change. Yeah, do some dry runs and stuff like that, but I'm sure they have it figured out. All right, what else? Pre-tournament. Pre-tournament. Um, Bryson's had... presser. <laughs> we are now, do you, do you want to do the quote? We are now starting to understand how shafts really work. Do you remember that? Yes. This is what. This is the week where the fraudulent oh, physicist showed his true colors, right. where, he, where we started to get an inkling that he might not be the 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 genius he wanted everybody to believe he was might just be a guy that's a dropout from smu you know took some physics classes while he was there learned some big words and doesn't always know how to use them in all actuality he's just an idiot like everybody else right sure now he's just a bulked up idiot with this 37 inch waist well, he he takes Instagram selfies, tags Bose. So that's how much, how much that. fun he's having. <laughs> Saw that happening. Uh, okay, so I, <laughs> as if no one in the prior, you know, 200 years of golf really understood how the shaft of the club worked. Bryson comes along in 2019 and starts to get at the heart of the matter with these breakthroughs. We, but he doesn't I, want to tell us how. I'm sure in his like one hour a day that he dedicates to this, he's he's making breakthroughs that the greatest shaft engineers in the world aren't making, devoting yeah. their life study to it. That quote was might be the quote of the entire week. We are now really starting to understand how shafts really work. You know, he also talked about the speed at which that people walk and how that that was a very important thing to go into when you're talking about somebody's pace of play and how fast he walks oh, laying the groundwork for the subsequent you know controversies yes yeah. yeah um do you have other bryson stuff from this press conference that, it you... was just it was just about the, the walking shafts. speed in the shafts okay two okay. wonderful gems kepka <clears throat> kepka calls it a recovery week said this was going to be a recovery week he also said about the players, because he's like, I wasn't feeling good. Wasn't feeling well. He goes, I knew I was going to be ready for this week. I didn't feel the greatest at the players. But, you know, I'm not going to jeopardize a major championship. Boom. Just really runs counter to the art. <laughs> Pops. A, pop, a pop, pop right in Monahan's face. <laughs> Any first major conspiracy theory, that's a uh, counter argument. Uh, so he does, he calls it like a recovery week. 
Do you want the Brandle quote now? Or he was talking about how he was eighteen hundred uh, calorie a day diet, and you know you're not going to be in the best physical shape at that point. You look at somebody like Michael Phelps or somebody eating six to yeah. seven thousand calories by lunchtime. Eighteen hundred calories is ridiculous. So go doing? to the go to the Brandle. For him to change his body and his body chemistry for vanity reasons is the most reckless self-sabotage that I've ever seen of an athlete that is in his prime. I get asked, I get why they asked Gary Player to do that shoot. I get why they asked Craig Norman to do that shoot. But to do something that takes you out of your game, to change your game completely, it's never worked out very well. I think he'd be at the top of everybody's list to win at Augusta National had he not done this and had his game not declined. He opens with the first round 66 to take yeah. a shit. You know so, who's his was it six, co six? co leader? I totally forgot this. Me too. So let's let's I, wait to get to that. All right. Okay. That's a really really great one. I would completely forgot that. So okay. uh, Rory talks about how he's meditating and juggling to get <laughs> his mind right. He talks about how he can only juggle three balls. You know what? He wasn't juggling 2014. He won two major championships. A player like this just, really got you fired up. I was people just well, people just lap it up. It's it's kind of it's a different vein of the Bryson stuff using these big words. They just lap it up. I was like, oh, he's at peace. He's it. And that all may be true, but that doesn't mean he's going to play better golf, right? Like he won a lot of golf not doing any of that stuff. So that won a lot of golf, major golf tournaments, do, not doing that stuff. So that's all is people just automatically assume he's in a good place. He's got peace of mind. He's going to win this week or he's playing better golf because of it. I, I have no problem with him doing that. I think it's great. He's a smart person. I really appreciate his insights, but yeah, just it's the way it's portrayed as now he's going to play better golf because he's at peace. It's ridiculous. So um, Ridley Presser. Rory the juggler. The juggler. I think I called him the juggler all week. Walking around the course with like Kyle Porter. Maybe and others. we should call him the juggler. Well, the juggler's on 15 if you want to go catch up with him. <laughs> all right. Uh Frid Ridley. Prince of Pontevedra is better than juggler. Yeah. Yeah. Ridley. Um, he talked about the 13th hole. Momentous. Yeah. And how he's how he's how they're waiting for the USGA and RNA to get back with this distance inside report. I think they're still crunching the numbers. It's been really hard to tell what's going on. <laughs> It'll be out in twenty forty two or something. Like it's just hard to see that big spike. <laughs> lots of lots of things to weigh to really come to a conclusion that the ball does go further now. Um. So he he's not going to make. They aren't taking any actions on thirteen until uh, it's addressed by the governing body. Oh, interesting. You know, um, you know what he who he also spoke about how well he carried himself this year. Ridley. Yeah. I don't know who Patrick Reed. He talked about how how gentlemanly and how wonderful he carried himself in his first year as a cha as a Masters champion. I wonder if they feel the same way now. <laughs> including the whole Ryder Cup fiasco? Yeah. Or no, this would would this be no, this was after the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Of course it was. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, they might not they might not express the same <laughs> sentiment today. So no. 
He did lay out. I mean, most because he was bad at golf. He did sort of lay low, except for that whole Ryder Cup explosion then in September. So, um, Tony Finau wore an ankle brace during That's the par not three. True, actually, at all, he did not lay low. What no. am I talking about? The Fenway Park thing as the rainy line, mess. Line drive, line drive sucked. You lost your privileges, jingling change, cameraman. What? What? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with Fred on that one, but okay. We don't need to do the 2018 year. Makes us wonder if we can really trust Fred. (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay. Uh, um, So Fina wears an ankle brace during the par three, like a big ankle brace. Uh That's a joke. A lot of chuckles. Yeah. Um, Jack and Gary player, Jack Nichols, Gary player go just hard as shit on technology. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So they do that press conference together after the tee shot on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I didn't get a player out drove him and fist pumped. I, that's all. No, I think Jack usually does. Jack's been beating him and Gary player says it's a tie or like, <laughs> you know, claims that went past him and no one can see it. Gary player certainly like that bothers him if he doesn't pass him. But, uh, but I think Jack's been pretty consistently out driving it. Okay. So Jack says, the golf ball has gotten ridiculous. I have so many things on that. The golf ball from 1930 to about 1995 gained about six yards. From 1995 to 2005, about 15. And that's a big difference. Probably the organizations won't tell you that. But that's exactly about what happened. Wow. Uh, Gary Player. Bobby Locke was the gr- best putter that ever lived, and Tiger Woods was the best putter, and so on. I never saw him take out a book to read the damn green. To read the green, you've got to look at a book. Well, if you can't read a green, you should you should be selling beans. It's part of the game. Where are we going? Everything is so artificial. Selling beans. I forgot about that. All right, round one. <clears throat> So who was the 18-hole leader with Brooksy? Shot a six, was it 66, right? Six under. Conditions are soft. It was kind of like a, a, not record scoring, but I, I think there were a ton of low scores, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of guys under par. Bryson. Under par. Bryson DeChambeau at the 18-hole lead. Completely forgot about this. Um, almost had the solo lead. Almost, if it wasn't for terminal velocity. You want his quotes after the round? Yes. What a magical. For such a scientific brain, I'm surprised he's using terms like magic. Magical. If he believes in that. Stuff. Hey, a, dark, a, real, a real scientist doesn't believe in magic. The dark arts? What's he talking about? Uh, what a magical back nine. Wind started to pick up around Amen Corner. It was tough. It was not easy one bit. But I think like scores showed that it was easy. But we just stuck to what we knew we should have done. And we did. Uh, this is the, whatever. Not interesting stuff. But then on the 18th, he's from 196 yards, and he just rips it right at the uh, flag. Great shot. But it was it was hot, right? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Great's too strong. A term. It was Good a great shot. shot. It was a great it was right shot. right online. Great shot. It was a great shot. Tom Rinaldi, you know, you can't see up the hill. He knew it was close. Rinaldi shows him the video. Oh, my gosh. I guess I should have pulled the flag stick there. A little too fast. My terminal velocity was too high. This is roundly debunked by scientists, physicists, 
and you know, Term- just... terminal velocity is when you when you reach the maximum velocity when you're falling free fall in a free fall when an object reaches the fastest it can go. So a ball bouncing and rolling on the green and hitting the pin has absolutely nothing to do with terminal velocity. He's just using terms. Anyway. This is when the fraudulent physicist was bored. It was a great shot. It was a great shot. Just, you know, let it be. You get a tap in birdie. It maybe probably should have been a hole out, but whatever. Uh, this week, I also got a tip about another Bryson uh, debunking. What was that? He, in, at the WGC Mexico, he talked about how the ball spins less because uh, of the high altitude. Yeah. And actually, the that. ball spins the same amount, but because yeah. the air is thinner, there's less friction for it to spin against. Right. That's right. Right. So this know. is this is literally when we we started calling the fraudulent physicist. You know what else he said after he held the held the lead? He goes about the the shafts. We knew it was something in regards to the spin loft curve and us being on the wrong side of the spin loft curve, but we didn't understand how to get back on the correct side. So after careful observation and some really deep deep thinking about what's happening and some cool depictions of how the club was moving through the ball, we started to realize it was something we could do with the shafts. And so we went the other way with my previous logic, which I don't really want to give too much about it out, but we went the other way with the way I was previously thinking, and it actually started to work. It's just gobbledygook. We were on the wrong side of the spin loft curve. And so this was all the observation that happened after match play, I guess, before the before the Masters, when in that week off, he discovered how shafts really were. Imagine, imagine what happened later in the year when he went to 3M. That's right. That's right. Any other things from Thursday that jumped out to you? Tiger yes. was middling, right? 70s? Tiger shot 70. And uh-huh. people were kind of, and he reminded the media that he won the Masters four times after shooting 70 on Thursday. Which wasn't actually accurate. He had won it three times, but it turns out that, in fact, he has won it four times. It was like he almost was making a prediction. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, interesting. Like, right? How, yeah. how interesting is that? He was seeing the future. Um, Dave I remember... Had- he murdered his drive down the first with a perfect cut right off the bunker. And you know, that's always the prop bet. it's like, will he miss it left or right? And it's like, you know, the, the odds are that he'll miss it. And he murdered it. I remember at the Mexico, he was swinging so well, like every, <laughs> that was like the take, like, yeah. God, he's hitting it so good. Um, yeah. uh, the Jason day injures himself bending down to kiss his daughter on the practice screen. And he was receiving in-round treatment. So he was going down and rolling around on the ground, mid-round, mid-first round. I forgot that. I don't have that. He had a physio out there? Yeah. yeah. Giving he, him? He stretching him. He was rolling around. <laughs> getting his treatments done mid-round. Only reason he got through. Listen, the guy has back issues. I believe him that his back just all of a sudden went out kissing his his baby daughter, but bending down to kiss his daughter. But 
there's just a little dramatization around a few things. So Phil shot sixty seven. Okay. Speed totally speed shot seventy five. Ooh, forgot that. What else? Um, just everybody was nuts about the every shot thing and well we deserved. Angel Cabrera shot eighty two. Woozy shot eighty. Do you know who shot in between that? Uh, Paul Casey. Yeah. Wow, I forgot that. Shot yeah. eighty one. Justin Rose had never missed a cut before this Masters That's and right. missed the cut. That's right. Wow. Okay. We moving on to day two. Let's do day two. Let's let's move on. Friday, maybe the most eventful day in the history of the Masters, right? Possibly. Maybe our, my favorite podcast. This Friday was just completely off the rails, really. Just Bacon came in, Porter, Hurricane Sean Martin, Bixby House. We we're crying. <laughs> I mean, that that was the most fun I had ever doing a podcast. Um, should we do a few of the the smaller ones? I mean, event of the uh, moment of the year. What's that? Zach Johnson whiffs. Whiffs practice, hits, takes a practice swing, hits the ball off the toe of his driver. It pops and hits the hits the uh, the tee marker and then dribbles out to the front of the tee box. It goes, oh shit! <laughs> and then wasn't it Kucher that said he could put it back? I think, yeah, uh, yeah. So you end up you get nobody <laughs> knew what happened though. Nobody understood what what to do. We were so wanting him to have to play it, like play it from like the down slope in the front of the tee and the rough. Like, how do, you, how do you? What's your next play? Are you trying to just give him the corner? But he got to replay it. So. Um, what else? That was the moment of the year for you, huh? I I I don't think I'll ever forget that. So, I probably won't uh, forget a lot of things about this Masters, but that's one that will be forever etched into my mind. There should have been a Jimmy Roberts essay about that. Yeah. Impossible to forget instead of Lucas Buregard's quarterfinals win. He did uh, the impossible. Something you couldn't even do if you tried. Yeah. It really is amazing. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Kyrdek. Kyrdek rolling around on the ground, actually re- really rolling around the ground, but he like tore his MCL, <laughs> tore his meniscus. Do you remember this? Yeah. He's trying to hit that like hook shot <laughs> from, from um, 14 rough. or 15, right? I think it was, it was our six or 17. It was 14 or 17. Okay. Okay. He's literally rolling down the hill, <laughs> tumbling down the hill. Um, Rory hit it in a golf cart made par like it was just there's no golf carts out there hardly any this ball's just sitting in the cup holder of a golf cart that was an easy one to forget john rom had i found this no laying up has the video john rom hit maybe the worst shank of the entire yes. do you remember this yeah and then immediately looked back down i think it's it looks like it's the eighth fairway um, yeah it was the eighth fairway and like looks back down the fairway as if like you know when you shank one did like the group behind you see that or did somebody did somebody look in i don't know what he was trying to blame it on a sound coming from the somewhere down the eighth fairway but it was horrendous i, I urge you to search that out on twitter the rom shank 
He uh, uh, he made par on the hole. Oh, he did. I didn't have that. Uh, Ian Woosnam retires, allegedly. We were kind of pining for this to be a Brett Favre situation, have him come back and forth. Um, Who is he? I think this was the day that J.B. Holmes' like, pre-shot routine got interrupted, and they finally just bailed on him and went to a different shot. Do you remember this? When the camera went to him, and he took like 45 practice swings. And then they just never even got showed a shot. It's like, all right, let's go to 15. Never mind. <laughs> right? I love that video so much. He's just sitting there. It's a chip shot, and he just is taking practice swing after <laughs> practice swing. <laughs> they finally just bailed on him. We never got the payoff. We watched the whole pre-shot. It was um, all we needed to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, no clip encapsulates a man better than that. Uh, so we have that, and then like the, along with the ZJ, the big ones I have are the security guard clips Tiger. What I don't, what I forgot about this was he birdied fourteen right yeah. after it. I forgot that happened, and after the round, he goes, "It's all good. Accidents happen. I've had galleries run over me. It's just you know when you play in front of a lot of people, things happen." But another big, big exhibit, maybe exhibit A for you in your case against having fans on the golf course. Oh, no fans. You know, you almost ruined a guy's career. <laughs> maybe the greatest comeback in the history of sports. Wouldn't have happened if, if it did look like he sheared off his ankle there. For a oh, while. it was bad. It was bad. The, the, it was like a Bartman moment. It really was. I felt bad for the guy. Um, and then the biggest one. No running the- at Augusta National. <laughs> right. Is this right. the day when, when the lady ate the kitty litter? Uh, I think that was Saturday, maybe. That was gross, man. <laughs> that was just my, my reporting down in the trees right on 11. You know, it was because it was wet so early in the week. It's just like this muck. It smells horrible. And he made a divot and she ate it. Um, this is like, uh, talk about things that stay with us forever. This is the day we found out about the balloon therapy of Jason Day. We started calling Falcon Henny, the balloon boy. Uh, here, can I read you a Ryan L- Lavner article? Yes. Well, yes, please do. I'm eagerly anticipating this. It. This will sound insane. Full stop. Jason Day knows that. But stay with him here. During his hour-long daily routine, just to get his body ready for the round, Day needs to repeatedly blow into a balloon. It's the only way to get his rib cage back in position. Those with bad backs will do whatever it takes to get by, but it still creates a few awkward moments, like last week when he flew to Florida and lay down on the floor next to the two pilots doing his exercises. Every time he exhaled and some air escaped from the balloon, well, you know, it sounds like you've let one go, right? Every 30 seconds, I would be letting the balloons out. And these pilots are looking at me very strange, but they understood what's going on. Jason, I'm not sure they did understand why or what was going on. This image of him laying down in between two private jet pilots, letting air out of a balloon. It's just insane. Doing his balloons before bed. (laughs) Yeah. So that stays with us forever. We found out about the balloons. Um. Anything else from Friday? Uh, Bryson Bryson just got eviscerated. Oh, he did. 
Yeah. Had a, had a, had a rough day. Didn't, didn't figure out the shaft didn't work on date two. <laughs> the shafts, the, <laughs> what they had sorted out. Um, Shot 75, ended up the event T29. Tiger shoots 68, goes into the weekend as a 6-1 to one betting favorite. All right, Saturday? Saturday. Soft. Very soft. Tiger um, starts slow, but then he birdies 6, 7, and 8. There's at one point an eight-way tie for the lead on Saturday. I saw that. And weren't Tiger and Phil shot off, shot back? I think it was an eight-way tie with Tiger and Phil one shot back. Pro- kinda- Go ahead. I think it rolling into the day three, I hope this wasn't day four, Phil did the dropping bombs video. Yeah, I think it was four, maybe. Th- maybe it was not. so early. I think it was yeah. three, day three. He okay. rolled, he said... The best part about it was he said, I probably, I'm probably not going to have any side action because oh, he was playing with Kucher and 0.016% of the action like wouldn't get him excited. It was like just such a good Kucher dig. Um, okay. Uh, so Tiger, I think Tiger, the seventh hole is obviously many people view it as the worst hole at Augusta. Uh, but he almost jarred it there on Saturday and Sunday. It was the key to kind of his oh, his yeah. win. I mean, that was really what got him going on Sunday, and what really got him going here on Saturday. It's kind of I get maybe he loves that approach shot up the hill. I don't know, but Ad, big weekend on seven. Adam Scott was either tied for the lead or or right just off the lead. He was playing in one of the last groups, and on the putting green. Yes, I have this. Too. He was testing out new putting methods, such as like the tabletop. He was putting. doing the tabletop on Saturday at the freaking Masters in one of the last groups. It's unbelievable. And uh, also, this week is when he debuted his parachute pants. That's right. The pleats, right? Yeah. Everybody was outraged. <laughs> uh,. Rory said the rough was having a negative impact on the competition. Yes. I don't really remember. Like, what was his point there? He was complaining about the rough and flyers and having to guess. That's right. But guess what? That's what happens when you hit the ball in the rough. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't have a whole lot else from Saturday. I just have Phil and Tiger just shoveling CBD oil down their throats. Yes. This is where Phil was caught on camera with, like, the turkey baster. Yeah, and Tiger is just chewing gum, like, <laughs> feverishly. What is Phil doing? He's the middle of the fairway at the most watched golf event of the year, and he's trying to be sneaky behind the bag and, like, take this vile, you know, the turkey baster, the, you know, the vile thing, and just dropping it down his gullet. So, all right. Sunday? All right. Move, T times moved up. Oh, one more thing from sa- Saturday night. So we and Poulter, kind of in the hunt, close enough, within reach. <laughs> this is great. I love Poulter. <laughs> Dumbass question from the media. Your mindset going in. Are you going to be aggressive tomorrow, knowing that you know, he cuts them off? <laughs> no, I'm going to try and par every hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So good. <laughs> I'm going to try and par every. You could just see his accent doing it. All right. Um, one other thing. Finau. 
Finau yeah. surged up the leaderboard. Okay. Tied the course record on the front. He shot 30 on Saturday. And uh, and then Patrick, and he shot 64. There are a couple 64s. Cantley shot 64, and he, and he only birdied one of the par fives. Oh, shit. I wonder if John Peterson could do that. This is what, you know, provoked John Peterson to come Monday after. Monday after. 35th time, came back. Okay. Um, all right, Sunday, moving on. Coverage moved up. Just really weird, you know? I, I kind of liked it. I did. I'm not saying it was bad. It was just felt a little odd, you know? The last groups are off by, like, 9.15 or whatever it was. Um, CBS goes live right out of the shoot. Everybody's getting up at, like, 6 a.m. to get there. Um, Tiger wears the turtleneck. He wore the mock all week. Four straight, four mocks. Yeah. There was some confusion about whether it was a blade, but it was just the pure 2005 style mock jb holmes shot an 80 on sunday <laughs> yeah. Just surprisingly it wasn't his worst sunday score in a major <laughs> so there's this that's true that's a good point good point um bryson aces 16th and just yes. you know, Bryson, like, does it, it, it? We just saw him jump up in the stands with the fanatics or whatever it was, the American fanatics. Which one listener I don't have in front of me called it the Shambo leap, which is a great term. So he just doesn't know how to be exuberant authentically, right? So he makes <laughs> he's playing with Kisner. Yes, he makes the six. He makes the ace on sixteen, like throws his glove up in the air, jumping around. He's you know prancing about gives takumi kanaya this enormous <laughs> hug like this giant runs to him in the back of the tee box and gives him this hug and kanaya is just like yeah man like what what is he gonna do kisner meanwhile like barely like doesn't even flinch just kind of stays leaning on his back gives him like the most you know mandatory i really i guess i have to hand put my hand out for a high five here you know, Kisner's just probably doesn't appreciate Bryson's pace and his whole routine. So Kisner, it was the best. Kisner, had to, Kisner play, has to play, had to play with Bryson so many times in majors this year. Oh, that's right. Well, I forgot about that. How he kept getting the same draw. Um, so those were some of the lesser known things on Sunday. You got any other non-Tiger stuff? Um, I mean, not. It, it was just just action stuff. What was going on? So I didn't think it was that, like, I don't know. I didn't think it was, like, Tiger won, but I'm not sure, like, the golf was super, I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't know. I just don't know that it had the action of, of a normal Sunday at Augusta. Obviously, Mol- the, Molinari was the great like, one. Molinari on the front nine. I'll never forget how frustrated. Like, I was rooting for Tiger. Yes. And yes. Molinari was hitting, like, complete shit. I think he had, they, he had made ahead. one bogey all week heading into Sunday. And, and he just lost it. Yeah. And then on, on the front nine, he kept getting up and down from everywhere. Like I remember six being ridiculous. Tiger somehow missed like a short putt and, and Molinari had some like ridiculous up and down. Just kept getting up and down to stay in front. 
Yeah. And uh, so Molinari, I'll never forget that. And then it just all unraveled on the back nine for him. So do you know, do you know what, where Tiger stood on the 12th tee? He was, so Brooksy had already rinsed it. Yeah. He was in his group on the 12th, on the 12th tee. He was one back or two two back. back. Two I, back. Did, I forgot that. Two back two of Molinari. Back. Yes, on yes. the 12th tee. Watch this Molinari hit it in the water. Um, and, you know, he hits a nine iron safely. Left of left almost, you know? Yeah, his so this is his quote about that. So. Um, like left of the bunker. Yeah. Well left. So that's all I was concentrating on. I had 147 over the first tongue in the bunker there. And so my number I was hitting at 50 and just be committed to hitting at 50. There's a reason why I saw Brooksy ended up short. Poltz ended up short as well. And so I, when I was up there on, on the tee box and it was just about my turn to go, I could feel the wind puff up a little bit. And it had, it, it had been something. Brooksy is stronger than I am, and he flights it better than I do. So I'm sure he hits he hit nine iron and didn't make it. So I knew my nine iron couldn't cover the flag. So I had to play left, and I said, "Just be committed. Hit it over the tongue in that bunker. Let's get out of here and go handle the par fives." And I did. Yeah, the mistake Francesco made there led a lot of guys back into the tournament, myself included. It's great stuff. And then he did the whole thing where he walked across Hogan Bridge. Oh yeah! All the other guys are in the drop zone, <laughs> waiting, dropping short, and like he's completely in the frame, staring them down as they have to hit, make their uh, what I guess their second shot, but playing their third. Uh, Bill Bill Pennington had a good little write up of that. He's yeah. The man. Okay. He said. Woods walked over the Hogan Bridge and stood there defiantly on the 12th green, glaring back at Finau and Molinari as they dejectedly stood on the other side of the water, rummaging through their bags for another ball and club to once again try and traverse the creek. Woods was in their line of sight, standing with his arms crossed or one hand on his hip. He continued to stare in their direction with an expression that seemed to say, can you hurry up? I've got a tournament to win. That's good stuff. Um, so there's not like any awesome shot, I would say, from Tiger. The the, the tee shot on 16. 15, kinda... the second shot on 15. That's true. That was That's true. But a lot, you know, the one I the one I go back to watching is the lag putt on nine. It was 70 feet, and that oh, green yeah. is like murderous, right? And he was, <clears throat> I think he lagged it to like, I don't know, two feet, something like that. He two-putted from 70 feet on nine and just kind of felt like I, – I just felt like the, the Tiger who was around on the weekends and never won of whatever, 2013 to, or 2011 to 2014, you know, how he was always like kind of – whether it was Muirfield or Oak Hill mm-hmm. or a lot of those, that would have been a three-putt and a drop shot. And he marches the 10th tee with a two-putt from 70 feet after his approach shot really kind of – did not get to the the back level there. So was it back to front? I think it was back to front. It yeah, was it was from the back um, edge to yeah. the front. Yeah, that's right. So it was, yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, two putts from seventy feet on nine. That lag putt was amazing. Uh, seven, he stuffed it on seven. He got the birdie. Twelve, obviously, he shot on fifteen, sixteen. Vern kind of would have 
came tumbling out of the tower if that had gone in. And he had a two shot on 17. A lot of guys said 17. His drive on 17 was nailed because he had two shot lead all of a sudden and just he piped it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I got. I got nervous a few times. The other thing was Brooksy. It was, you know, Brooksy's playing right in front of him, dealing yeah. with the roars, dealing with the people. He knows what's going on. And, it, you know, he's been so nails on putting greens, you know, on, on the yeah. greens. Like, yeah. and majors, yep. we every time he needed a putt, we'd see him make a putt. And he missed them very badly on 17 and 17. 18. 17, 17 he just was hideous. Oh, he had like a 12-footer, and he just gas nuked it left it was uh so th- i think that was that was a moment of like wow tiger down the stretch of a major is a little bit different than everybody else totally tiger I, it was just so locked in i remember standing there like i, went, I walked all the way back to the 11th tee box i was standing kind of right of the 11th tee box way back there in the corner he was just so locked in like it's cliche to say that it, it just he was doing that whole thing standing at the right front of the tee boxes kind of like in the vision doing that whole like the whole tiger factor you're talking about was present all day and it, i just didn't think that would ever come back um yeah it's kind of kind of amazing to watch so and he bogeyed 18 right didn't he bogey 18 yeah i think so and then obviously the hug with his kids, all that. We don't, I mean, everybody remembers that stuff. We're not bringing, bringing stuff up that you won't forget. No, Anything he, else? Uh, yeah, he buggied it. From Sunday? I, I, that's, that's all I got, really. I mean, once it, it became all about Tiger. Sure. Well, oh, the I, DJ, they cut to DJ for the interview. <laughs> you know, didn't they also miss... Francesco clipping that limb. Yes. Left. So he played short 15. of 15. Played short of 15 and then clipped. I mean, he's already kind of treading, you know, trying to stay with Tiger. And that was it for Francesco. He, there's some like random tree that's no, not really supposed to be in play, but he clipped the limb and it went, just fell right into the whatever that pond is again. Um, Sarazen Pond, Sarazen Bridge. Uh, so yeah, that they missed. <laughs> Xander finished second. The DJ interview is kind of amazing. Oh, when yeah. was that? While Tiger was walking up the 18th? I think it was maybe or when Brooks Brooks was okay. coming up 18. He, okay. you know, like, is this guy going to birdie this hole? And, you yeah. know, really put a lot of pressure. And they, they cut to like DJ. A, and DJ's yeah. like, oh, I mean, I played good. <laughs> it was a good round. <laughs> you know, Pins are pretty, pretty standard and quite good. <laughs> this, who knew this was going to become like a theme through the, all the majors? Yeah, that's right. PGA while Brooke. Yeah. All right. That's it. Good Masters recap. Awesome week on site. Are we going to do that again? I Hopefully. think we have to go back. Yeah. We got to get a better so, house this time. Oh, I thought our house was perfect. Live pod. It's kind of the Spartan digs that we need that evo- evokes the character of this pod it was it was like uh it was like straight out of like that silicon valley show yeah yeah but in augusta it, it, yeah. not not as nice but just like uh and people were not bad coming. it was just minimal small yeah and, yeah yeah we had we had a nice outdoor area we did some grilling it was a great it was in the great neighborhood 
front porch swing. Yeah. We're yeah. going back. We're going to do this again this year. Yeah. Great week. All right. Year in review rolls on. We'll probably pick up the pace, right? Maybe. Who knows? I, I think Tiger's win of the Masters was going to get the deepest, deepest dive. I mean, so. I'm, we're, we're four hours in now. Okay. And we're, we just got to the first major. Maybe we should ignore the FedEx Cup. Uh, it's possible. It's a very real scenario. All right. All right. We're out of here. Tune in for whatever part three. Part four. Part four. Who knows what part it is.